southern gentleman hit the highway and gave us stories we could share of crooked schemes and shattered dreams of people everywhere. Road of whiskey screams and motel rooms where no one seemed to care. Road of deep, dark, secret places made us feel that we were there. guest uh, for this episode is Tori. Uh, I'm not being disrespectful, not using uh, <laughs> a last name. Tori only has one name, famously in Aspen, and Tori has just been elected mayor of Aspen. And uh, so welcome to Hunter Gathers. Yeah, thank you. Uh, uh, for the record, we are at, in the mayor's office, the palatial mayor's office in uh, Aspen, Colorado. Don't paint the wrong picture. <laughs> it's a stark, bleak office. I've got to tell you, it's not brought us as gel anymore. It brought us as gel as this place beat, man. It does. It's much more luxurious than this. So, um, I will say uh, for whoever came up with that old saying that uh, doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result is the definition of insanity, clearly never met you. Well, I would actually correct that. It is still the definition of insanity and therefore... I am insane. <laughs> and and uh, yeah, you know, just so people that are listening understand, I ran uh, six times. It was my sixth run for mayor of Aspen. I lost five times. And yes, I succeeded on my sixth try. And this is your second or third week in, uh, in office? I'm in my, the end of my second week. Second week? Yeah. So far, so good? I haven't broken it yet. Well, yeah. it's early. <laughs> so, um, but to be fair, along the way, you served on city council. Eight years, two, two four-year terms on city council, 2003 to 2007, and 2009 to 2013. But you see, in all due respect, that's not how I remember you. Because yeah. I was here, uh, and we'll get in the time machine and go back, <laughs> because the, one of the Hunter stories that, that sort of gets missed is uh, sort of the story of his political legacy. He famously said, you know, politics is the art of controlling your environment. He meant that both in terms of, you know, what people put in your creek and also, you know, what happens when you drive home at night. Yeah. So what I, we'll go back to the mid-90s. Uh, Aspen was in the throes, as it is from time to time, at one of those real who-are-we-going-to-be elections. This one was focused on the airport. Um, when it was over, and it wasn't me, it was it was Hunter who dubbed it the, the Howling Wolf vote. Yes, sir. He credited it for the win. Yeah. <laughs> and and what, I'm surprised. I don't, I don't know if people even in Aspen remember it, but the Howling Wolf vote was essentially you and your buddies. Well, yeah. I mean, uh, you know, credit to those guys that started the Howling Wolf, Paul and Steven, Tanya, Danielle. You'll never name them all. Uh, and Amy, <laughs> I believe. Yes was also uh, a founding member. That's five. That's all I can... And you were... You, you might have been employee one that wasn't an owner. I, you're, you're very close. Okay, so real quickly, uh, the Howling Wolf was an amazing coffee shop, uh, a vegetarian restaurant, and party spot, uh, as well as, you know, our own uh, countercultural think tank. 
I was walking by when I first moved to Aspen, I was walking by right here on Hopkins and uh, there's a group of some 20 somethings out in the front painting some tables. And I said, well, what are you guys doing here? And they said, we're opening this great place. I said, I, I want a job. I want to work here. They said, come back next week when we're actually open and, and we'll see if we can get you working. I started that next week. So uh, I was one of the first employees at the Howling Wolf. I started off as a busboy there, just helping out whatever I could do, uh, only to end up being a, a general manager of sorts a couple years later. That's where I got introduced to Hunter Thompson. And, and you're right, the, uh, there's some, uh, some shit we won't eat campaign. No 737s in Aspen. So have you done anything? Have you yeah, I was, a, I was a rabble rouser before that um, in my own places. I went to school in Gainesville, Florida and, and was participatory in, in different causes and rallies and such like that. So you were like a duck to water at that point. No, I, I still had a ton to learn. I just knew, I, you know, I've always been one of those people that uh, uh, believes in what Hunter said about controlling your own environment. I, I'm, I'm a participant, you know. I don't sit by and just let other people make decisions uh, when they're affecting me, and especially if I don't agree with the direction they're going. So uh, do you remember what it was like when Hunter would come into the, I mean, he would come in the wolf from time to time? Yeah, yeah, of course I remember. Uh you probably met him when he came in, right? I, you know, I think one of my first handshakes was uh, uh, after I'd made him a uh, vodka lemonade. Um, so, yeah, you know, uh, we used to host uh, several small events, we could call them that, yes, yes. Um, down in the green room, uh, you know, attended by some local luminaries. And, yeah, uh, we first met then. He was, for people that didn't meet him, the thing that, that I always share about Hunter Thompson was how generous uh, and, and kind he was. You know, he, he was crazy as all get out. He was uh, confrontational on the things that he needed to be, but he was just one of the nicest guys uh, and uh, just a, a great host when you were at his house um, and just a generous man. There, there might be a better place to, uh, to have plotted political schemes than Hunter's house, but I wouldn't know where. It would I be. don't know where that I've is. I've never, I've never, I've never planned anything in the Oval Office, I'd, but that'd be about you. Know. Yeah, I wouldn't want to there as much as the kitchen at Hunter's Owl Farm, man. That was that was great stuff, and and you know, as you know, you, when you're when you're there with them, you never knew who was going to be on the other end of the phone call that was coming through. Yeah, that's uh, true. He was always doing something, and and you know, it was really interesting. So many people sought out his advice. It was very interesting to me. You know, he wasn't always just calling them and saying what, but people were asking him what he thought. What did you think about the, I mean, you, you were in the kitchen, you were, you were in the campaign. And um, what, what did you think of the political strategy? And, and also, what do, you, what do you think, other than that was your first political foray in Aspen and now, yeah. now you're mayor. Yeah. Um, and, and did eight years on city council. What, what's his political legacy moving forward? I mean, and you can start anyway. I mean, you could argue the sheriff is part of that. You know, uh, Hunter's legacy paints this town, you know, in every way. Um, everything we do has a, 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 a semblance or, or, or a remembrance of what he brought to the table. His number one intelligence and intellect, 
uh, but then his just absolute dedication to trying. You know, mm. that's who we are in Aspen. Yeah. It's just, it, it is not always having to be perfect and right, but willing to put our ass on the line. You know, and that goes on forever. Uh, you know, as you we're in my office right now, Freak Power, uh, the book about Hunter running for sheriff is sitting right on, on the table there. So, I mean, you know, uh, his legacy is, is uh, I think, going to be strengthened by my term as mayor as well. I, I definitely bring him forward, I, I think, a little bit more than maybe in the past. But uh, we're carrying him forward. What do you think, um, when, when you were working with him on the airport election, what surprised you about that election other than, let's just admit it, our winning margin? <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. Um, uh, for the for the record, it was it was a bit of a landslide. Yeah. Uh, well, that was a huge surprise, but it was really about going up against uh, the powers that be. You know, I it mean, was the powers that be. It was it was the chamber, and that's you name it. It was the ski, ski company, company, the city, the county. I mean, everybody was really. That was one of those things that. And hey, we're in airport discussions again, right? They're they're still working on getting this done, and and so we're it's the same issues. Currently, wow. we are still dealing with the same issue. So they've brought it back, but that that put that fire out for quite a while. Um, but yeah, the biggest thing that surprised me was just the willingness to take on the big guy. Um, that was that was amazing to me, um, and and. When we started, it didn't feel like a, a victory was a sure thing by any stretch. Um, but that's what it, that's what I remember the most about it was just the, the, it, his willingness to speak up, you know, to, to, to stand for your point of view, your conviction. And it is right. It was right. You know, not just for everybody, but it was right for the way he felt, the way we felt. We were doing what was right because it was right to us. When you, when you look back on that, would you do a lot of it differently? Nope. I'd have had more parties. <laughs> well, there, there is that. Now, <laughs> you, you've been, how long have you been in Aspen now? 25. 25. 25 um, years. How would you say that the politics have changed from, from those days to, to now? Uh, I think uh, most recently we've gotten further away from uh, citizen representation, community representation. Uh, our government, uh, and I'm speaking just city right now, but um, city hall became uh, very bureaucratic and, and less about representation um, over the 25 years that, I was, that I've been here. Uh, and, and, you know, just the first time, as I mentioned before, I ran six times. My first campaign, uh, political campaign, for office in Aspen was for mayor, and that was uh, that was 18 years ago in 2001. Um, you know, and so I, me being somebody from out of nowhere, one name, long hair, but talking about the issues, uh, jumping in with both feet. I, after that period, I I, I think I've seen less uh, of citizen participation and community outreach and communication. Do people still ask you about the one name thing? Yeah. Really? Yeah, yeah a lot of people don't don't know the, the deal. You know, well, here's your chance. Don't the deal. Oh, well, real quickly, I my whole name is Tori, T-O-R-R-E. Uh, when my mother was pregnant with me, uh, my mom and dad were searching for names. Troy, Trevor, Courtney, Trey, 
nothing stuck. Nothing really worked. I was born in 1969 uh, outside of D.C. in Silver Spring, Maryland, where you could not take your child home without naming it, right? There was security reasons, I believe. Anyway, so I got my father's name on my birth certificate. That is Ronald Wayne Moranian III. Um, I'm actually the second, but that's a whole nother story. Uh, so Moranian is my birth last name. It's Armenian. I'm very proud of my heritage and my family. Uh, but a week after I was born, my father was carrying a, uh, some cocktails and some glasses with the Union Jack on them. And of course, the Tory party in England was the inspiration. And my father said, Diane, Tory. And she said, Ron, you're right. That's what we were trying to come up with. I was nicknamed Tory at one week old and it stuck. Through other course of my life, I legally changed it when I was 20 years old out in California and then through the courts as well. So here it is, one name. That's my passport, social security, driver's license, you name you, it. You do that, you do that pretty, pretty well. I'm That's getting it. Not your first time. I'm huh? getting it down to the <laughs> 60 second or one. So you realize that you have the, uh, you have probably many such distinctions, but you're, you're probably the only trying to think you're probably the only Aspen mayor who has also been Hunter's bartender. <laughs> my, you might be right. I, that's interesting. Was, was he a difficult, was he a difficult no, client as a professional bartender? No, as long as it was strong, he was happy. Yes. Yes. Uh, what, what was he ordering? I'm trying to remember in, in that era, you said a, a vodka lemonade, which I, is, I was thinking vodka lemonade, but it might've been a Tanqueray and lemonade. Now that, there now you go. that I think yeah. about it. Yeah. Um, but as we all know, what one of his favorite drinks was the Biff. The Biff. Um, uh, Jameson and um, uh, cream liqueur, whatever, the Baileys. Baileys, you yeah. know. Uh, love that. So, um, no, he's a, he, like I said, he was such a nice guy. I mean, there were those times where you couldn't even tell what he was saying. But once you realized what it was, you realized he was right again. Um, that kind of that's his personality. He, he might have had a rough exterior sometimes. De definitely a guy that was willing to have an argument or toss a fight. But uh, you know, he was just a great guy. I, I never gave me a problem about any of that, ever. What would you say if you look back and said, you know, what What did you learn most politically from that? What What would you say it is? <laughs> All right, <laughs> and this this comes in the form of a. This comes in a form of a story. So I was I was hanging out with Hunter uh, down at Owl Farm, and he'd asked me to come down there because he wanted to talk to me about the airport again. You know, they had... Can we explain the airport to other people? Well, that the, the airport election that, it, that you it, mentioned... The, the airport, that, what we're talking about is, is a small local airport that uh, there are many forces that want to increase the runway size in order to get larger planes with uh, longer traveling distances to be able to land in Aspen. Um, and uh, that is a whole nother podcast to discuss the pluses and minus pros and cons of that kind of proposal. But for those that live here, that's a concern for us. Uh, the growth that's involved in that, the changing community that's involved in that, uh, something that, you know, a cruise ship mentality of visitor base that we would be getting here, things like that are our concern. So once again, I was that's a concern now, and, but it was a big concern, huge election in mid-90s, I think in 90, what well, I want to say, four or five? 
It was. 96? It was, yeah. It was right Mid-90s. in 95, 96. So you were, and he, he's calling you down there. And it's important to remember, you weren't mayor then. No, no, were, uh, right. So, uh, so boy, when was the meeting that I had with him? Uh, I forget the timing. I was on council. So we're talking in early 2000s. 2000. So you're... you're uh, fairly novice city council. Absolutely. Green as green gets. So I go down there to have this conversation. And as I'm explaining to Hunter that, number one, the airport's not in the city. So my jurisdiction isn't really as strongly there as maybe he'd have thought. But as I explained to him, uh, I was against the airport expansion except for safety. If the runway expansion was for safety, then that was something <clears throat> that I could support. If it was for bigger airplanes, I was not. Well, that was not good enough for Hunter. He grabbed a uh, blue note card and, on, and, a, and a Sharpie, and on one side, he scribbles something over, uh, turns it over and writes something on the other side, and he takes this card and he shoves it in my face, and he, on one side it says yes, <laughs> And on the other side, it says no. And he said, you better learn the goddamn difference, man. That's what I most learned from Hunter Thompson is that you've got to choose what you feel and you've got to act on it. Do your homework, do your research, but believe in yourself. Yes or no, man. You better know the difference. And then from that, you proceeded to run for mayor five more times. Five times, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh I've been the recipient of that same lecture, <laughs> and your your ability to ignore the profanity is pretty good. I'll say that it, it takes something. Uh, thanks for sharing that, and uh, thanks for joining us. We I'm sure we'll have you back uh, time and again, but it's a uh, it's a pleasure. And again, you know, congratulations. And I would I would ask for your commitment on on this recording to. I can be the first call when you decide to run for Congress. You're the first call. You've got that committed right here. Thank you, sir. That's too nice, Curtis. Thank you. <laughs> Always a southern gentleman, often unshaven, but never uncouth. <laughs>